You know, as a church family, we have put a lot into this Hearing God series together. Um, those art projects out there, I, I want to echo what Ryan said and just encourage you, if you have not spent some time at that wall, I, I would encourage you to do that. It's a blessing. Uh, we asked our church family to help us express the different ways that God speaks to us. And I am so thankful for all of you who shared your heart with the church the way you did. Uh, I've come over here several times over the last few weeks just to spend some time with those paintings. I know all the artists, you know, and so some of those, as you experience, some of those paintings make me laugh and some of them make me cry. Some of them are really funny and some of them are profound. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that I know, I know a lot of your stories and where you've come from and where you're going and, and where you are. And uh, I'm just so thankful for the way that you shared that with, with your church family here. Um, I hope that this series has been a blessing to you. I pray that the, the art projects and these sermons and our small group conversations and the daily word and prayer practices that are inside your bulletin each week, I pray that that has improved your hearing, that you are hearing God and you're, you're tuned into God's voice now like you never have been before. And I pray that you... You embrace and that now you're owning this two-way relationship with the Father where the communication between you goes both ways. And I hope and I pray that, that even in some ways you have been liberated to experience and express what you have long suspected. And that is our God is still speaking to his people today. And our God is still giving direction and guidance to his people today. Amen. There was a hospital front desk telephone operator who answered the phone one morning, and there was an elderly lady on the other line, and she said, is it possible for me to get some information about one of your patients? And the operator said, yeah, this should not be a problem. Who are you concerned about? And she said, well, Norma Finley, she's in room 302. And the operator said, okay, give me a minute or two, and I'll go see what I can find out. A couple of minutes later, the operator comes back and says, hey, I've got good news about Norma Finley. Her blood tests have all come back good. Her test results all look great. She's doing fine. In fact, Dr. Cowan is planning to discharge her in the morning. And the lady said, that's great news. I'm so relieved to hear that. And, and I'm, I'm so thankful. God bless you, sweetie, for, for checking on that for me and for telling me. And the operator said, yeah, you're welcome. Is, is Norma Finley your daughter? And she said, no, I'm Norma Finley. I'm in room 302 and nobody's told me anything. As we close out this Hearing God series, we need to address... A troubling question that many of you maybe are dealing with. What if God's not talking to me? You might feel like you're hearing nothing from God. Especially lately now, as, as so many people around you in this church family together, as we're talking about hearing God, as we're sharing our experiences of hearing the voice of God, what if you're not? What if God's not talking to you? What if you're not picking up anything? I think as we close out the series, we need to address this. And first, let me say this. If you're not currently hearing the voice of God, 
Don't be too quick to assume that God is upset with you. Don't assume that God's silence is a sign of his displeasure. Okay? It's easy to do. Because in our human relationships, you and me and all of us together, whenever we get the silent treatment, that means that something's wrong. Correct? I mean, if somebody's given me the silent treatment, it means that they're mad at me or I've done something wrong or they don't like me anymore. And, and maybe you've had those thoughts about God. But before you get too worked up in that area, let, let me tell you that the road you're on, if you're not hearing God, that road is well-traveled. Some of the greatest heroes of our faith have gone through prolonged periods of God's silence. I want you to listen to Psalm 22. The opening lines, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from the words of my groaning? Oh, my God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, and you're silent. The psalmist is not saying, God can't hear me. He's saying, I can't hear God. And I want you to think about Abraham and Sarah. And I want you to think about Joseph and Hannah and Zechariah and Elizabeth and Elijah, all of them went through prolonged periods of God's silence. And in each of those cases, God was not mad, he wasn't upset, and he wasn't punishing anybody. So if you're in an extended season of hearing nothing from the Father right now, it might be a good idea to kind of assess what's really happening. To ask some questions about why maybe you're not hearing God's voice. So let me give you four or five questions that you could ask if you're not hearing God's voice today. You might write these down. You might put them on the inside of your bulletin insert that you're going to be praying through and reading through this week. And I pray to God in the name of Jesus that these are helpful for you. The number one question is, and some of this we've already covered over the last several weeks, but the number one question to me is, am I expecting to hear from God? A lot of us grew up believing that as soon as the New Testament was written and completed and compiled, that God stopped talking. A lot of us were taught this way all of our lives, that the Holy Spirit only communicates with us when our Bibles are open. And if you don't expect to hear someone speak, you're not going to be listening for his voice. But we know that our God is a talking God. The fact that our God speaks is one of the main things that differentiates him from all the other gods out there. The God of the Bible speaks to his children. And he invites us into a deep and personal relationship with him. It's not a monologue in which we're the ones doing all the talking. It's a two-way relationship. It's a dialogue. And the communication goes both ways. But if you're not expecting God to talk, if you don't think it's going to happen... You're not going to be listening for it. You're not going to be tuning into it. And even if God speaks directly into your heart, you're not going to hear it. Remember when young Samuel hears God's voice for the very first time. He didn't recognize it as God's voice. He didn't know it was God. Why? He wasn't listening for it. He wasn't expecting it. 1 Samuel 3 verse 7 says, Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. 
Samuel had to learn how to recognize God's voice and how to listen. Remember, Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. But even little lambs need to be taught how. They need to be trained how to hear the shepherd's voice and how to follow the shepherd's leading. And that might be where you are today. You're learning. And that's okay. Are you expecting to hear God's voice? I think that's a good question. I think that's probably the first question that we need to ask. And the second question is this. Am I too distracted to hear God's voice? Listening to God is a choice. Hearing God is a decision you make every day. Your ears are not really open to the voice of God if your mind is somewhere else. You know what it's like to talk to somebody when they're not listening to you? You know what I'm talking about? You're trying to have a conversation with somebody and they're somewhere else. You know, it happens more and more because we've got our blasted phones in front of us all the time. And you know what that's like, trying to talk to somebody? Like you're looking at them and talking to them, but they're like this. They're tapping on their phones, they're scrolling through their screens, or they're scanning the room. There's a screen in the room, and so they're looking at that. They're not looking at you. You know what that's like to try to talk to somebody, and their mind is somewhere else. Some research came out just this week, I just saw it Tuesday, that says... American adults, okay, this is the research. Adults are checking their phones 144 times a day. Now, think about the amount of hours you're awake in a day. That's probably one time every seven minutes. You're checking your phone. These are the adults. These are the ones who should know better, right? 89% of us, according to the research that just came out Tuesday, says we're checking our phones, adults, within the first 10 minutes of waking up in the morning. 89% of us. If that's you, when would God ever have a chance to get a word in edgewise? Honestly, are you too distracted to hear his voice? There's supposedly this true story about President Theodore Roosevelt. He used to hate going to these fancy state dinners. He used to hate going to these White House ceremonies because he'd have to stand at the door and he'd have to shake hands with every single person who walks by and he'd have to try to make small talk. And he hated it because there's no time for a conversation and there's so much else going on, nobody's really listening to anybody in these lines. And so to prove his point, this is how the story goes, Roosevelt, one time for one of these state dinners, he was there at the door shaking hands with every single person who came in and he would shake their hands and say, I killed my grandmother this morning. He would shake hands, I killed my grandmother this morning. And he did that to every single person who walked through. And every time he said that to somebody, they would reply, God bless you, Mr. President, you're doing a good job. I killed my grandmother this morning. We're behind you 100%, Mr. President. Keep doing what you're doing. The Bolivian ambassador showed up near the end of the line. President Roosevelt shook his hand. I killed my grandmother this morning. The Bolivian ambassador looked right at him and said, I'm sure she had it coming, sir. <laughs> you may be saying, God's not talking to me. I can't hear his voice. God's not speaking to me. The question is, are you too distracted? to hear his voice. Maybe he's trying, but the end of your line is busy. I don't know who drew it. Did you see it up here during the communion meal? Somebody drew a picture of a phone from heaven to earth, and the voice from heaven is saying, come on, pick up. That can be us. 
If we're too distracted, Jesus addresses this in Luke chapter 8. He tells that story about the, the seed and the soils, and he says, let the one who has ears, let him hear. And in verse uh, 11, he says, this is the meaning of the parable. This is what I'm talking about. Verse 14, the seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear. They do hear. But as they go on their way, they're choked out by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. Listen, nobody has to plant weeds or thorns or thistles, right? You don't have to nurture them and water them. They'll grow out of the brick and the foundation of your house, right? They'll grow in the middle of an asphalt uh, parking lot. You don't have to nurture that stuff. Weeds and thorns and thistles grow wherever there's neglect, and wherever you're being careless. And so I, I hope that if you haven't been doing the word and prayer, Christian practices in the middle of your bulletin the last six weeks, I hope that still you've been finding some time every single day to spend with God in word and prayer. Because I'm telling you, that is the best way to make sure that your soil is clean and ready to receive a word from God. Because if you're not intentional about it, God's word to you will get choked out. By, it says, worries and riches in the pleasures of life. Worries, okay, yeah, I get that. But riches and the pleasures of life, how? Well, is it possible that you've got too much stuff to hear God? That's just a question. I'm just asking a question. Because we are so eaten up with getting and keeping and maintaining all the stuff that can take away from our ability to hear the voice of God. Jesus' advice on prayer from Matthew 6. Now, this is Eugene Peterson's uh, message version, but I love the way he puts it. These are the words of the Lord from Matthew 6, 6. Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place and just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage the focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense his grace. Listen, if you're not hearing God today, it may not be because God's silent. It might not be because God's not talking. It might be that you're too distracted. I think that's a question to ask. And then here's another question. Am I ignoring God's voice in an obvious area of my life? If you're disobeying God, in an area of your life that he has addressed very clearly in Scripture, why would you expect God to give you guidance in another area of your life that might not be as clear? God does not reason with rebels. We've, we've talked about this in here already. Remember King Saul. Remember Saul, he stubbornly disobeyed God. He refused to submit to God's will for his life. And then later on in his life, when he was desperate to get some direction from God, 1 Samuel 28 says God wouldn't talk to him. Verse 6, 1 Samuel 28, Saul inquired of the Lord, but the Lord did not answer him by dreams or Urim or prophets. We've said this, okay? God does not speak to be heard. God speaks to be obeyed. You cannot stiff arm the Holy Spirit in one area of your life and then expect that same spirit to give you direction in another part of your life unconfessed and unaddressed sin. It's not always the reason. You might not be hearing from God, but it could be one of the reasons. It's a question to ask. 
Now, these last two questions, this is new territory for us, okay? But, but I feel like after spending six weeks talking about hearing God, we need to address these last two questions. If you're not hearing God, if you're, if you're dealing right now with God's silence, it's important to ask, am I wanting to hear God for my purposes or for his? Some of you are old enough, you won't admit it, but you're old enough to remember the comedy genius of George Burns and Gracie Allen. They used to do some funny stuff together. And one of their bits was that they were married and Gracie Allen played George Burns' ditzy wife. It's, it's kind of an ugly stereotype now, but it was funny back then. I think it's still funny. So she calls the repairman one day to come to her house to fix her electric clock. And the repairman shows up, looks at the clock. Uh, Ma'am, it's not plugged in. And she says, oh, yeah, well, we're trying to save electricity. I only plug it in when I want to know what time it is. <laughs> Are you only tuning in to God when you need something? Is that the only time you're listening for God's voice? Like now there's a crisis in my life and now I need to hear from the Lord? The goal for communing with God is not to get something from God. It's to get God. Hearing God's voice is not the goal. It's the means to the goal, which is fellowship with the Lord, which is a communal relationship with God. Too much in the past, I know, I have wanted direction from God more than I've wanted communion with God. But more and more as I grow and as I learn, I more want to hear God's voice, not to endorse my agenda, but so I can better understand and embrace His agenda. Sometimes, you know, we're, we're begging for clarity from the Lord. You know, God, make this clear to me. God, I'm, I'm taking off here and I want you to, to, to really tell me what to do. I want you to really give me some direction on this, God. And you've already made up your mind about what you're going to do. You already know what God's going to say. I know God should say this to me. Have you ever prayed this prayer? God, please bless our plans. I've, I've prayed that prayer. God, please bless our plans. Remember Paul? He's begging God to take away that thorn in the flesh. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 8. Three times, he says, I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Paul did not get the answer he wanted. But he got the answer he needed. God will do that. God is way too good a father to give you every single thing you want and every single thing you ask for. You don't do that with your kids, I hope, right? You better not. God doesn't do that either, not with his children. Now, God is capable and willing and eager to give us more than we can ever possibly ask or imagine. But he doesn't always do that immediately. Sometimes it takes time. Sometimes it takes some silence to know that his answer is best, to know that his will for my life actually will benefit me the most. Am I wanting to hear God say what I want him to say or what he wants to say? That's the question. And finally, if, if you're living in God's silence today, if you're not hearing from God, here's the last question. And I think this is a big one. Am I willing to wait? 
for God to speak? Am I willing to wait? God always speaks. He just doesn't always speak right away. So the question is, am I willing to wait? As people of faith, we understand, don't we, that sometimes God is slow to speak. I think about Habakkuk. He's, he's my favorite prophet. We're going to preach through Habakkuk this summer, I promise. And it's, it's going to change our lives. Eric, I, I hear you, brother. It's going gonna, it's gonna to change your life, I'm telling you. Habakkuk. Um, He's complaining about this situation to God, right? He doesn't understand exactly what God's doing with Israel. Why are you doing this to Israel? He's complaining about it. He's demanding answers from God. And God just tells him to wait. Verse 3, chapter 2, God says, The revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. Oh, we need to hear that every day from God. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come. It will not delay. Wait a minute. What does he mean wait and it will not delay? What he means is when it comes, it'll feel like it was the perfect time. It'll be exactly when you needed to hear it. Listen to David in Psalm 5. In the morning, O Lord, I lay my request before you and wait in expectation. God never rejects you. Sometimes he rejects your sense of timing, but our God never rejects you. Well, why would God make me wait? If there's something God wants me to hear, if there's something God wants me to know, if there's a message God wants to give me, why in the world would he make me wait? That's a good question. Thank you for asking that. Here we go. One reason might be you're not ready for it yet. You're not completely ready to hear what God needs to say to you. Jesus talks about this in John chapter 16. He's around the table with his disciples on that last night. And he says in verse 12, I have much more to say to you, more than you cannot bear. You're not ready for what I need to tell you, is what Jesus says. It's more than you can handle. But when the spirit of truth comes, he'll guide you into all truth. He'll tell you what you need to know from me. The Spirit, verse 15, will take from what is mine and he will make it known to you. Hey, look at me. All of us in our own discipleship journeys, God has revealed stuff to us that we couldn't have handled earlier in our walks. Am I right? Jesus says the Holy Spirit will take care of the timing. I'll tell you what you need to know. You leave the timing up to me. Sometimes we're not ready. Also, sometimes later is better. It just is. God's timing is better than ours. We know this because of hindsight. It's easy to look back. Think about Mary and Martha. Remember when their, their brother Lazarus is sick? And they call Jesus, you know, hey, our dear brother Lazarus, this beloved disciple, the disciple you love, he's sick. What does Jesus do? He doesn't do a crying thing for two days. He doesn't make a move. And when he does get to Bethany, they question him about it. Mary and Martha ask questions. The, the townspeople ask questions. Some of the disciples are wondering out loud, Jesus, why didn't you come immediately when we called? Jesus, why did you wait so long? 
If only you had come, Lord. But when Jesus did come and he did raise Lazarus from the grave, the people were impacted more dramatically and more people believed the good news about the Messiahship of Jesus. And the Bible says more glory and honor was given to God because Jesus waited. God's timing is better than ours. Jesus delayed so he could do something bigger and better and more impactful than anybody there could have thought possible. So is it okay with you for God to take as long as he needs to tell you what you need to know and to act in a way to better benefit you and the people around you and bring more glory to God? Is that okay? It also might be that waiting is good for us. Waiting develops character. We hate it, but it's good for us. Romans chapter 5. We know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. You can know and you can trust that God's Holy Spirit is working on you. He is transforming you. He is shaping you. He is changing you more into the perfect image of Jesus, even during the times when you can't hear his voice. We have to trust, church. We have to believe that just because we hear nothing doesn't mean nothing's happening. He is the potter. I am the clay. He is the potter. You're the clay. And while he is shaping you, while he is changing you, while God is transforming you, there's two things that make the potter's work stick. There's two things that make the potter's work good. The fire and the time. The extreme heat of the oven and the time it takes to be perfectly fired. So we learn to trust God. We, we even praise God while we're in the oven. We don't want to be pretty jars just sitting up on a shelf or a mantle somewhere that people just look at and admire, right? We want to be strong, faithful, sturdy, dependable vessels that our God can use for his purposes and to his glory. So church, God knows the word you need. And he alone knows exactly when you need it. So maybe you're not hearing God right now. Maybe it's been a while. Maybe, maybe it's been a long time. Maybe as we're finishing up this six-week series on hearing God today, you're thinking, man, nothing's changed for me. I'm not hearing the voice of the Lord. Well, I want you to be assured of this, okay? I want you to take comfort in this. Until you have heard from God, you haven't heard the last word. Our God always has the last word. Whatever situation you're in, keep listening. Whatever circumstance you find yourself in, keep tuning in to God. Because your thorn or your trial or your situation, your oven, whatever you're in the middle of right now, listen, whatever it is, it does not define you. 
It is not your destiny. That is not the last word on your life. Our God in heaven through Jesus Christ is the authority and he always writes the last word. Our God always has the final say. And he wants you tuned into him so well and so tight and so close that when he does speak to you, you hear him. You hear him. Stand up with me, church. I want to read from Revelation chapter 3, and then we're going to pray together. Revelation 3 says, The one who overcomes will be dressed in white. I'll never blot out their names from the book of life, but will acknowledge their names before my Father and his angels. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear what the Spirit says to the church. Let's pray together, church. Father, thank you. Thank you, God, in the name of Jesus, for speaking to us. Thank you for speaking first. God, thank you for talking first and for making things happen with your voice and with your word. Thank you for reaching out to us and saving us. God, thank you for sending your son Jesus so that we can have a righteous relationship with you and with each other today and forever. God, our hearts overflow with gratitude today. Thank you for acting first. And I want us all to pray right now, just where you're standing. Would you pray that God would improve your hearing. Ask him right now in the name of Jesus. Just you and the Lord. Ask him to improve your hearing. And listen. God right now may point out something in your life that you both know needs to be addressed. The Father right now may point out something in your life that's distracting you from hearing his voice and following his will. But would you please ask God in prayer right now in the name of Jesus to improve your hearing. And listen. We're all struggling with something. The longer I live, the more I know. Everybody in this room is carrying something, dealing with something, in the middle of something. Would you lift that up to God right now? Give it to him. That thing, you know what it is. Give it to the Lord in Jesus' name. And would you ask him to speak into it? You may think you know what, what God should say about your situation. But would you tell God right now, Father, I want to hear what you have to say about my circumstance, about my issue, about this problem. Tell God you're ready to listen.
Tell God you're willing to wait. Father, would you speak into our lives? Would you give us direction? Would you give us encouragement? Would you give us comfort? Would you speak your peace to us, God? Open our ears, Father. Remove the stuff that gets between us and your voice. And may our lives be a glory and a praise to you today and forever and ever. In the name of Jesus, all of God's people say, Amen.